Hey everyone, welcome to Unlikely to Apologize. I'm one of your hosts, Nikki, and I am on my own this week. Heather is out for the week. She will be back next week, so you have the pleasure of listening to me. Anyways, so this week's episode, we have Dr. Ashley Moult, who is a doctor here in Austin. Ashley is the founder of Austin Wellness Collaborative and focuses on integrative medicine. Ashley found a passion in learning different ways to treat patients and truly does not believe that there is a one-way fits-all path to healing. She is trained in many different types of treatments that include trigger point injections, meditation, spirituality, nutrition, mind-body therapies, and acupuncture. I, for one, was very excited to be able to sit down with a doctor and have a candid conversation about treatments and how and how there's always more than just medicine. Ashley gave us an insight how she listens to her patients, discusses different options, and works with each person as an individual to create a plan to help them heal. Heather and I also stole some time to ask some questions about our own health issues and see how she would treat women in similar situations. Ashley's practice is taking on new clients, so check out the show notes for links to our website. Hope you guys enjoy this episode and we'll talk next week. Bye everyone. Hi Ashley, thanks for joining us today. Hi, thank you. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good. Um, as you know, we, uh, we invited you on to kind of give us some background on how you treat patients uh, with regards to like women's health and a little, just to want to uh, learn a little bit more about yourself and what you're doing for the Austin community as far as wellness. Um, before we get into all of that, why don't we take some time just for you to introduce yourself? Sounds good. So um, I am an integrative medicine physician. What that means is that I went through medical school, all the regular usual things, pre-med at University of Texas, and then medical school at University University of Texas Medical Branch in Galveston, and then stayed to do my residency in a combined internal and preventive medicine program. I then went on to do um, a two-year fellowship in integrative medicine in Stanford, Connecticut, which at Stanford Hospital, which you have connections to. Yeah. My husband was actually born there. So it's kind of a small world. (laughs) Yeah. It's a great community, great hospital, and just really nice people and great pizza. Yes. Um, uh, Connecticut pizza is the best, (laughs) I swear. Um, but yeah. And then, you know, at the same time that I did that clinical fellowship, like where I was working with patients day, day, day in, day out, I also completed a distance fellowship through the university of Arizona center for integrative medicine. It's called the Andy Weil program. Everyone knows him as the, the bearded doctor. (laughs) Um, and so I practiced downtown in Austin, Texas with, you know, multiple colleagues. It's a, a pretty interdisciplinary clinic. And I just took over as the owner of the practice, um, mid December. So they're learning a whole new set of skills such as QuickBooks and Excel spreadsheets and all kinds of fun stuff. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me and who I am. Oh, great. So let's take a couple steps into what you're doing here in Austin. Um, you just took over what was the name of it again? I apologize. Um, I'm not West. supposed to apologize. <laughs> not supposed to apologize, but here I am apologizing. What's the <laughs> that, name of it? That's okay. West Holistic Medicine. And oh. yeah, it's um, downtown near the flagship uh, Whole Foods. 
we're just a couple blocks north of there. Oh, nice. And what are some of the things that you do there as far as treatment wise? Yeah, so we do holistic primary care where people come in, they can get like either, um, you know, sign up for primary care services that are any, you know, more holistic, meaning we spend a lot more time with our patients. We get to know their lifestyles. We, you know, make recommendations for changing their lifestyles. We also do consultations on lifestyle. Um, I personally am uh, trained in medical acupuncture, mind-body practices. I do a lot of functional medicine, if you're familiar with that. And again, the more natural means of um, starting with, you know, herbs, botanicals, supplements, things like that prior to, if we need to get to medication, that's kind of more how we roll. We also have an amazing acupuncturist, Jameson James, who does Chinese medicine day in, day out. Um, not just acupuncture, he does all the other practices, herbs, uh, dietary changes, lifestyle stuff. Um, he also practices a technique called and teaches uh, Alexander technique, mm-hmm. which I actually learned when I was living in Connecticut as oh, well. Wow. I just found, I felt like I wanted to explore that. I love to try lots of different modalities because I'm always looking to improve my own um, everything, life and health <laughs> right. <laughs> and the way I feel. Um, and so he teaches that as well. And then we do have a craniosacral therapist as well, which is a really calming modality for the nervous system that, uh, she, it's basically, she puts her hands at certain points in the body and kind of assesses and, um, just balances the energy better. So it can flow more, more easily. And then we also have a new doc who started who's, um, Dr. Jess Trinetsky. So she's getting going and does, you know, I'm mentoring her along the way and, um, a, an aroma freedom technique person. So we've just got like a lot of different options going on. Right. You sound, sound busy. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a lot. So I, <laughs> I, I was going to ask when you were going through medical school, um, did you know that this is kind of the path you wanted to take or at what point did you decide this is, this is kind of, I want to go more holistic functional yeah. versus traditional. So when I first started, I really didn't know any of this existed to be honest, like I, I knew there was a better way to practice medicine. I knew I didn't want to be on a treadmill handing out scripts all day and just like next, next, next. I'm a lover of psychology. I did my undergrad degree in psychology, mostly to figure myself out, but you know, like <laughs> I just love people and I love learning about them and their motivations and what makes people tick. So with that in mind, actually, at one point I said to, this was 20 years ago. Okay. This was before the whole coaching business blew up. I said to a a cousin of mine who was visiting and he was a coach of some sort. And I said to him, I, I just want to be, I want to be a life coach, but help people with their health. Okay. So that was like my, my intention and my intuition but I, I had this like very strong desire to do something bigger than myself, be just make a huge difference in the world. And I was very motivated, ambitious and ambitious at the time. 
Um, <laughs> not so, <laughs> 20 years later, I've kind of like, oh, I think I just want to live a nice little normal life. But, um, uh, you know, that was my driving force. And then in med school, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. I think, you know, the universe puts things, people in your path and right. the door opened there because one of the professors, one of the you know doctors there of family medicine was one of the, he's a big guy in integrative medicine. I didn't know him. I mean, I didn't know anything about this. So he came to lecture my second year class and most of them were like sleeping or laughing or, you know, making fun of it. And he is a quirky guy. So, you know, he's a little, you have to take it with a grain of salt, but, um, I was just like ears perked eyes up, like ready to go. And so I did a rotation with him and that opened my eyes to a lot of things and really set me on that path to in academic integrative medicine. And I did do that for about, uh, let's see, four or five years, six years of my total, maybe a little bit longer career in and out, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and that was like, you know, doing all the university programs. And I actually took a job in, in, in uh, academics uh, at the University of New Mexico for two years after Connecticut. So, you know, I was teaching residents and med students and um, integrative medicine and, and also seeing patients all the time. So it's, you know, I was really on a path there and it's, I'm still on that path. It, it never ends, to be <laughs> honest. Um, yeah. You mentioned earlier, which I love, because I, I, I always say this all the time. I was like, I don't want to take a pill. Like, is there a supplement or a vitamin or some type of herb in the, something in my diet or like a food that can treat this other than me um, taking a medication? I had a doctor in the past when I was going through the whole endometriosis um, saga, I should say, because that's really what it was, who was just pushing medication on me. And I was like, isn't there anything else I can do? Right. Um if you, how would you say you would go about that? Somebody who's not, not necessarily finding the, the, the professional, so to speak, to help them find those answers or where to start. What was something that you would say that you could tell patients that if you want to go down this natural path or functional healing type of um, process, what is a good way to kind of get yourself started? So there's, I mean, there's so much on the internet and I think that's a double-edged sword, right? So it's great that people have access to more information, but like, what is true? What is, what is accurate? What, you know, and, and someone who tried one thing, let's call it, uh, the water diet, you know, or the grapefruit seed diet. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there. And it worked amazingly well for them. And they're going to blast it all over the internet and social media and like convince thousands of people that this is the way to go. I mean, I don't think that that's great. Honestly, I think there needs to be more balance. And I think you, there's some things are not going to work for people. So I think knowing, I really do think working with a professional is probably the best way to go, but I, you know, there are so many websites and, um, you know, natural healing, uh, seminars. And I mean, any, you name it, people are putting the word out to get it out there. And, and, and I will also preface it that sometimes people do need medication, like, and they shouldn't feel bad about it. You know, we've become this like 
very extreme, like it can only be one way or the other. And, you know, I live very much in the middle, like, yes, take your blood pressure medication because you had a stroke because your blood pressure was too high. And let's change your diet, your stress, your sleep, your, you know, movement, and, you know, get you to a place where we can start thinking about bringing you off the blood pressure meds, you know? So there's, and, or that's my philosophy. It's not either or like you, you know, they're not mutually exclusive and the body does respond well to lifestyle changes, but it also takes time. So, you know, you can't expect a miracle overnight just from drinking apple cider vinegar three times a day. Like, you know, it's, but people do that. You're laughing, but people are like, Oh, this just didn't work. And I'm like, well, you know, you didn't give it that much of a try. Right. And then are, are you sleeping? No. Are you, are you stressed? Yes. You know, it's just, we live in a very disconnected environment and, and from our natural origins and it, to get there, to think we can get there overnight is like, you know, some people do, you know, I'm not going to like, there are people who that's it. They're done. They're, they go all in and they're good. But you know, the majority of us are like, we ebb, we flow, we're, we get stressed. And then we have, we revert back to the foods that make us feel good. You know, it, it's just, it's called life and being human and we we're not robots, you know? Right. No, I agree with, with Nikki. So I had, um, I have a almost 11 year old, um, who my husband has legally adopted. And so we started trying to have a baby, um, and we couldn't. And so all the hormone medications, we did IVF twice and didn't have any viable embryos. Um, and I'm kind of left with a whole bunch of health issues. And I was going to see, um, like my, my regular, um, practitioner. And she said, I was, I had anxiety and depression, put me on medication and like set me on my way. Yeah. Um, and so I'm kind of just now learning and trying to get into this like holistic functional, because I'm like, like Nikki said, like, I don't want to be medicated. If there's something that I can do to fix the, the like, right. Cause to, in my mind for some things, obviously some people need medication, but for a lot of it, I feel like it's a bandaid. And you're just kind of band-aiding over, but you're not fixing like the root cause. Right. And so I'm just tr- like now trying to get into where I'm like, how do I fix like the root cause of these issues to yeah. be healthier? Yeah. And I, and look, if you're ready to change and do things that are new and different and invest in the testing and the supplements and the, you know, if you're ready for all that, great, but you know, just keeping in mind that nothing's perfect and everybody's different and there's no one protocol or formula for everyone. And I just get so, um, I don't know. I just get so tired of the extremes. Like everyone's like, you have to do it this way or you have to do it that way, but that's not true. Like you don't have to do any of it at all. Like either way you make up your own way, you know, like we're all different and we, what, what works for me is not, may not work for you. So that's the beauty of it's personalized medicine. You know, it's really working, you know, you make just as many decisions as I do. You're going to, probably keep track of your diet and like what symptoms you may be having along the way and see if anything's contributing, if, if that's what we're thinking. Um, you know, there's just, 
it's very nuanced, um, in my opinion, you know, right. It's, it's, it's an interesting fact too, because we do see all these things on like social media and we had a, we spoke to a nutritionist a, a couple weeks ago and she was talking about the cabbage soup diet. And I had yeah. made a joke that, you know, I don't necessarily follow the diet, but if I have a bad weekend, <laughs> I'll make that soup and eat it all week for my lunch as my way of going, okay, I'm detoxing. <laughs> and yeah. it's kind of this, like, I think it's healthy and it does work for me, but as you said, it might not work for everybody else around us um, or, you know who have similar lifestyles. Um, when it comes to like in your practice, when you're working with patients that want to, you know, like I want to start feeling better. So I'm assuming, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that you will start with a medication first. Right. And that's kind of, if you have to, maybe not, you can correct me and then kind of move into what else works or do you do both at the same time, or maybe start with one before the medication? I actually, so the majority of the patients coming to see me are either trying to get off of meds or want a more natural approach first. So I generally start with the more natural. Um, and then even for like a UTI, you know, we try D-mannose and cranberry and, you know, no sugar and flush, 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 lots of water and see how it goes. If it, that's not going to help, then, you know, we move to an antibiotic and you know, I always recommend probiotics with my antibiotics. So it's like, there's specific things, but like, if you come to me and you have uh, a raging pneumonia, no, you know, yes, I might recommend some herbs to go along with it, but like, I'm going to put you on antibiotics, <laughs> you know, like we don't need to, they were created for a reason and they are really good medicine medications are really good at what they do, but you know, not every, they shouldn't be prescribed for a cold, which they have been for, you know, decades, like here, you know, just out of ease, right? Like we just don't have anything else. So try this instead of staying home for a week. Um, so there's, there's a, there it's, it's, everything's different. You know, I can't like, you know, if you were, if you've had a heart attack and you're, you, you know, your blood pressure is still high and you're, cholesterol's through the roof and you've got triglycerides in your blood, like, yeah, I'm going to put you on medication, like multiple meds maybe, because we got to, you know, you could have another, it just depends on the risk, the pros and cons, the risk benefit, you know, you could have another heart attack or a stroke and it could be the, the one that takes you out. Right. Right. So that's, it's, it's very, um, personalized, nuanced and, um, there's a lot of discussion back and forth with my patients, but I would say the majority want to not, they won't prefer the natural and, and we, you know, they're, they're selecting us for a reason, right? They're not right. coming to us because they want to, you know, get more <laughs> medications that, right. Have, right. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So do you, are you a general practitioner or do you specialize in, like, do you have a specialty? Like I work with women, women's health, or is it just like a general, you see kind of everybody, um, you specifically, not necessarily your practice. Right. I'm a, the word general practitioner is or the phrase is, uh, it's interesting. So in the, like the UK, they use that like phrase and, in other other countries, like the, a, your GP or a general practitioner here, I'm, I'm trained as an internist. So I was trained only to see 18 and up. 
I do see, um, and my, actually my training was in the hospital, mostly like all inpatient, like people admitted for pneumonia and COPD and hepatitis and, you know, all these heart attacks, all that stuff. Um, I kind of had to learn outpatient medicine being in the clinic on my own, just with patients, which was funny. That was when I was in New Mexico. Um, there, they were like, I have a cold and I'm like, uh, <laughs> I have no idea what to tell you. Stay home, drink tea, <laughs> like just go to Walgreens. There's plenty of options there. I really like had to do research. It's funny. Um, I laugh at myself for that, but, um, yeah, I see patients, you know, I'll work with some older kids, like teenage kids in, you know, not as their primary care. I will not do that because that's a whole nother world that I'm not trained in, but, um, as a consultant, mostly like, you, you know, chronic pain or anxiety, or I don't know that I've got weird and wonderful, interesting things, gut disorders, a lot of that. So my specialty, I call it is integrative medicine. Like that is my specialty, but, um, most people want to like, I'm a gut person. Like I only work with the gut and I'm a thyroid person. I only work with the thyroid to me. That's, it doesn't make sense because the whole body's connected and everything is, is one, right. Right. One system. So I don't know. My marketing is a little difficult. They're like, no, you need a niche, but I'm like, I don't want one. <laughs> so I don't know. Come one, come all, I'll help you. Well, you know, I mean, not, not necessarily that broad, but you know, I do, I work with a lot of women. Women tend to be more interested in taking, you know, preventive, taking good care of themselves. And, and we do tend to you know, as a woman, I know we also tend to feel a lot more in our bodies and, um, we just have more awareness around it. Mo some of the men I get are, um, also in that they feel a lot going on and they've had some really bad experiences. So they'll come see me, but, um, many are there, you know, because their wife or partner made the appointment and they don't really understand why they're there. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, through my medical career, that's been the case. So, you know, I see, I would say general, but very specific to this style of practice, if that makes sense. Yes. Okay. So you mentioned earlier that you work with like chronic pain, as you mentioned that. So I'm going to kind of go into that because I have experience with chronic pain and I have so many questions. Yeah. Um, I, I have learned over the years too, with chronic pain, like definitely diet's a huge thing. Inflammation's a huge thing. And I've learned over the years that ibuprofen or Tylenol is not going to be the only thing that's, that's saving me. It does take like a lifestyle change, whether it's, mm. I'm not, I'm like, I shamefully admit that I've done keto because I thought that if I just took everything out, you know, and now I'm kind of suffering from it because I'm back to eating, you know, somewhat of a carb diet, not as much as I was before keto. But when, when working with patients, when you start you know, getting on the subject topic of chronic pain, whether it be, you know, with your female, like you said, we feel more, I truly do believe that. Like I do think, I also think that we have higher pain thresholds too. Mm -hmm. So for me to go to the doctor, it's always like, I'm hurting. This is why I'm here because, you know, right. I thought I could handle this. Do you usually start with like a diet type thing, or do you try to start working with, okay, let's try to figure out what's causing, like you mentioned gut health before. So how do you kind of treat patients that are coming in or women specifically when they're coming in with chronic pain? 
Yeah. So it's funny. I almost in my fellowship in Connecticut, I learned medical acupuncture and trigger point injections and mostly chronic pain, natural chronic pain management. And that was my specialty for a while. And I really loved it because I beforehand really didn't have these, you know, people who suffering with pain did not have other options other than just go on these pills and, you know, opioids are now we know like not the answer. Right. I mean, for some people it's okay, but like, you don't want the majority of people on that and that's it. But um, yeah, we start with diet, we start with sleep, which is huge. I mean, often that's disrupted in patients who have chronic pain because they're in pain. So they wake up. Right. Um, right. And it's chicken or the egg, which one comes first. And, you know, we work with, um, I work with supplements, ginger, turmeric. Um, I work with medications that can help. Um, and also, you know, just relative like postural, you know, are we make, you know, is there something we can get in and fix physical therapy? I will send them off for that. Uh, chiropractic sometimes if it's appropriate, you know, acupuncture, put the needles in the needles tend to really help people, especially with chronic pain. Um, so it's a whole, it's a whole, uh, thing, you know, it's not one thing or the other, but yeah. Definitely. And gut health is a big deal. We, we are learning that more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are, if you have inflammation going on, you know, it's going to in your gut and it's going to leak into everything you do. So um, now my new thing is now um, I've been referring a lot of patients for brain retraining where they mm-hmm. learn symptom like how to manage symptoms. It's not managing, but it's completely changing and rewiring the brain around what they're feeling or experiencing. And it's not just chronic pain, it's chronic fatigue. It's, you know, whatever, anxiety, depression, all the things, you know, and so there's so much that we can learn from the mind body connection. I, I, I swear, like, that's my, my most, I just love that stuff. Like I love neuroplasticity and learning about how the brain can change itself and repair itself. And, um, but it takes effort. It takes a lot of practice. It's not going to come overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, you know, there's a lot that can be done. It's just, you know, also Reiki and all these other practice energy practices that balance out the body, um, can be really helpful. So Obviously I can't do it all. I used to think I could do everything and I can't. So um, <laughs> that's the first step is admitting, right? Oh, <laughs> I commend you on trying though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those days yeah. are over. I'm very happy to share the load <laughs> and like, let's all work together to make it, you know, mm-hmm. people's health better and people feel better. I love that. Well, then I'll ask a question. Cause Nikki asked one about her. So if you get somebody and by somebody, I mean myself who comes <laughs> to you. Um, so last April I had a bunch of blood work done. I haven't had new blood work done, but for somebody who comes in and says, I have extremely high cortisol levels, um, barely any testosterone, adrenal fatigue, all kinds of hormonal imbalances, hypothyroidism. Is there something that you would say would be like the key to start? Oh Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's going, Ooh, yeah. I I'm mean, I'm going to make an appointment with you. after. This well, the root, the root cause of all of that is the cortisol. Okay. The court, if your cortisol is high like that, you're not being, you can't make enough of the other hormones so your whole body's like on shutdown because your body is like, we're in a threat. This is a dangerous situation and we need to divert the blood to the arms and legs to get out of this and the site, you know, and everything else is like cut, kind of turned down. So that's the sympathetic response. And we need that, right? When we're in danger, we need that. If a tiger's coming at us. We need to get the <laughs> hell out of there. But like Americans and Westerners, we tend to live in that cortisol elevation and it really affects our entire system. So yeah, I would start with, there's some herbs that can help adaptogenic herbs. I would start with, uh, you know, diet again, uh, sleep, getting you to sleep well, um, acupuncture can be really amazing for, for stress and all the things, um, craniosacral therapy, just any meditation, doing a practice baths. I mean, there's so many things and we're really lucky. Now we do live in a time when there's like devices for everything and you can, there's different ones that work for different people. And you're, you're not happy with one meditation. You can go to like, check out 20 others and see what works for you. So yes, um, that is something that I see a lot of, honestly. Um, and I would supplement, you know, if you need like thyroid hormone, you need thyroid hormone. Like no wonder if you, if your body's stressed out, you're not going to make thyroid hormone, um, as efficiently. So, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you taking new patients? <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. So, um, Dr. Jess and I both are, all of us are, we're all taking a patients. So okay. well, I'll know. be in touch after this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about the thyroid. Let's, let's go uh, there. Awesome. So yeah. Another thing to add to this, we, we sound like a bunch of sick adults here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had a partial hysterectomy in June and one of the kind of side effects of that has been Hashimoto's disease, mm. which I got diagnosed in October with. So after my hysterectomy, I've noticed that there was an influx of emotions to the point where like third days I wasn't just getting out of bed. And so yeah, my husband was like, you need to go and get your blood work done. So they checked for all of my like hormones or whatever. And this was the first doctor that I ever went to that actually tested me for antibodies. So I've had thyroid mm. medicine, thyroid tests done in the past. Um, my sister, and my mother, my sister has PCOS. My mother has hypo hypothyroidism. She's on thyroid yeah. medicine. But every year that I've gone, it always came back normal. So this doctor was the first time that she's like, I'm just going to test you for these. So I'm learning more about thyroid. I kind of just ignore this butterfly gland that just kind of like sits in our throat, right? <laughs> it's not really a thing that I thought about until recently. So if you want, or if you can, can you talk about the thyroid a little bit and how it affects your, you know, hormones or your body, your eyes are lighting up. Like you're so ready for this. <laughs> it's a big topic. I mean, the thyroid is the master controller of metabolism of digestion. I mean, just literally every system in the body, actually in med school and residency, we learn that it's the great masquerader. So like, if there's any issue that comes up, it could be the thyroid <laughs> and it could be that the thyroid's too low like hypothyroid, or it could be that the thyroid is too much activated, hyperthyroid. So 
we're like, okay, they've gained weight, they're dry, they're cold, they're constipated. You think of hypothyroid and that's generally, that's the more common presentation. And Hashimoto's is actually the most common cause of hypothyroidism, um, at least in the Western world. And then if you're thinking of like, oh, they, they're just like anxious, they have tremor, they're like losing weight rapidly, their eyes are protruding. You think of Graves' disease, which is a form of hyperthyroid. So there's, it, but it's interesting because like in the hospital, we would have to check people's thyroids, like, because it could be causing like crazy stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't remember anything ever actually coming through as the thyroid and being crazy, but it's on our list of like, we got to rule that out. So most doctors do check it. The cool thing that I've learned with functional medicine training is that we're not necessarily going deep enough to, to make people feel better with the testing. Mm -hmm. And all my endocrinologist friends are going to freak out when I, you know, say this stuff. Um, but I feel like we're doing a disservice by putting people on just T4, which is Synthroid and their thyroids. Like, no, I, I I still am not getting enough T3, which is the active form. And so it continue, you have to go up and up and up on the dose. And there's this whole conversion from T4 to T3. And if you're not converting, then you're not going to get a benefit. So there's just a lot that goes into the thyroid, but it affects literally every body system in the human body, right? Um, brain, eyes, throat. Like you can see if someone's tongue is too big, you, you think hypothyroid. Um, obviously, you know, if it's swollen here, goiter, you know, you think hypothyroid heart palpitations, you think hyperthyroid too much. You know, there's so many different things, all the skin conditions that can happen. It's, it's a really fascinating gland and I don't even know all of it, like, (laughs) but right. There's a lot to it. I've been, um, again, not to, to call out the internet, but I've been totally like researching more about it because I never really paid attention to it. I was so focused on everything else going on with yeah. my body that I never took the time to actually learn about the function yeah. functionality of the thyroid and what it, what it does. There is um, a really great book by gosh, I want to say Aviva Ram. Let me just hold on one second. Adreno. Yeah. The adrenal thyroid revolution. And so, you know, it's a proven four week program to rescue your metabolism, hormones, mind, and mood. So just in that, just connecting those four things, your metabolism, your hormones, your mind, and your mood, and reminding you that it all comes down to these two glands, well, three glands, because you have two adrenal glands that's sitting on top of your kidneys. Mm-hmm. And then one, well, the thyroid itself, yeah, is one gland, but you could have like, there's also little parathyroid glands within your thyroid. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, but it's, um, it's also fascinating. Like you upset one of them and then the whole thing gets all upset and, you know, it's, so hormones are like a really complex topic in any, mm-hmm. you know, just those are just two, two different types of hormones. Then you get into sex hormones, which are, and then you get into steroid hormones and there's just like never ending vitamin D is a hormone, you know, anything that's acting 
outside of where it was created is, is actually called a hormone. So it's really, it's interesting. Opioids are hormones kind of interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. It is fascinating stuff. Um, you were mentioned earlier with medication. So I'm, I'm on, um, what is it? Levo. I always pronounce mm-hmm. it incorrectly. And Thyroxin. when I went, yes, levothyroxine. And when I went for my, uh, follow-up, my doctor said, you're doing well. I want to up you. And I was like, eh, can we just put a pause on that? I just want to try a little bit more with my diet and a little bit more of my lifestyle. And if it doesn't seem like it's getting better, then I'll consider because I, I do, I know we said it works for some people and I'm not against medication. It's just in my own, I don't like the idea of like synthetic, I guess. I don't know if that's the Uh right word to use, but like I'm forcing my body to produce things that should be producing it naturally. So I did say no to her and she was like, Oh, (laughs) okay. Actually in that case, you're taking a synthetic hormone which shuts down your own creation of the hormone, which is fine. I mean, Mm -hmm. we see that it's safe to do this. It's Mm -hmm. not an unsafe thing, but yes, I would, the, the general trajectory for people with, who get put on Synthroid is that they get resistant and they have to have more and more and more and more over the years. And so it's a good thing that you're working on the, the actual root cause, like diet, lifestyle, stress, you know, all that stuff as more the, so you don't have to keep going up and up and up and up. Right. And that's, that's the goal. Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. I, if I don't have to, I mean, essentially I would like to not be on it, but I don't know if that's going to be a thing, but that's a whole other story, but yeah. right. I did. And I, I appreciate her because she was like, okay. She's like, if you don't want to do it, I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to sit here and force you, but keep doing what you're doing basically. Great. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting to like, uh, just the thyroid, like I could probably talk thyroid and hormones all day. The education that I've taught myself with hormones alone in the last two years, which is yeah. stuff I wish we learned. I learned when I was younger, quite honestly. Oh yeah. But honestly, a lot of doctors probably don't even know that stuff, you know? That's so to know. you have to remember, like, we know like that basics, we know, you know, how cycles happen and you know how, but there's so much that we're, I'm learning about hormones that I was not taught in med school or residency. So it's, um, or even in fellowship, like you just, I'm continually learning. Wow. You know, they're mm-hmm. fascinating molecules, like everything, yeah. you know? <laughs> right. other questions so i guess we're just trying to be mindful of your time and looking at the time yeah i know i know that you have a busy schedule to get back to so i don't want to keep you too long um my other thing i wanted to ask or something to just talk about acupuncture you mentioned it as something else i'm learning um or learning about or was doing myself and if you want to touch on this whatever but it is fascinating to learn about Mm -hmm. different points and how like i had issues with my back and i were putting needles in like my hand, I think, or my wrist mm-hmm. to kind of help me with it. And I would leave there feeling amazing. So Good. it's kind of interesting to learn the different types of medicine yeah. um, that can be beneficial in somebody's like chronic pain journey. Yeah. Um, I kind of fell in love with uh, traditional, you know, more Chinese or Asian, I don't know, medicine, oriental medicine, I guess it's called um, as as I have with other modalities over the years, <laughs> because it, it gave me a set of tools that I could, that would help like literally, okay, this is a person, more personalized story, but like in residency, I, all of us 
we all are like, oh man, here's another back pain patient. Like, oh, they're going to want more drugs, more opioids, more, you know, they're not going to be happy. They're going to be miserable. There could be a fight. You know, we, we kind of get ready. We brace ourselves for those patients. And then, cause that's all we're taught, right? That's it. Just opioids. That's it. Pain management, you know, maybe steroid epi- epidurals, but sometimes those don't work for people. Great. Okay. So you go in and physical therapy and exercise, but some people didn't do that, you know, whatever. So you go in and that's all you have in your toolbox. But then in, in resident in a fellowship, I learned medical acupuncture and tr- trigger point injections, which are taken from acupuncture. You just Westernized it, put a lidocaine uh, numbing medication in it and you're injecting into the muscles. Some people do dry needling. Like it's, it just stimulates the muscle to relax. So it can like, just stop sending those pain signals. And oh my God, it just, it was life-changing for people. And I was offering this in a, a fi- I don't know if you are, you guys are familiar with the FQHC clinic. It was in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So Bridgeport is an interesting place. Like yes. it's, um, <laughs> don't want to be walking around there by yourself as a female, especially after dark. So not, especially where we were, we are. So federally qualified health centers are the in like the inner cities, they're in rural areas where there's just not a lot of healthcare services. And most people are on Medicaid and Medicare um, nothing, and get great care. But it was really cool. Cause I was working with these patients and everyone, the other practitioners were coming up and saying, Hey, they're getting relief. They're doing better. One's going back to work. One's getting off disability. They're going, you know, and it was just so rewarding in that regard versus like, you're on a pill four times a day. If you take too much, you can die. You know, if you don't take enough, you're in severe pain. And it's just, it was so life-changing. So yes, I'm a big, big fan of acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine in general. That's not what I practice because I'm, I didn't go to their medical school, but I do refer to a lot of them. Yeah. Especially the Jameson in our practice. He's great. I did acupuncture when we were doing our second round of IVF. Yeah. I went to a fertility acupuncturist mm-hmm. and it was amazing. I loved it. Like it didn't hurt. I was, I was nervous that they, that they would hurt going in, but I always napped like she would do them and I would just fall asleep. Oh yeah. <laughs> so comforting. There. It is. And it's a fascinating tool. And it's so ancient, like it's from five to 6,000 years ago that they developed this. So not even it's, you know, and Ooh, this is cool too. Not only did they develop that in China, they developed it in native American areas. There was no internet or cell phone or any communication. I learned that more recently. And they and was, my mind invented, was so they like separately invented. Wow. Yeah. In the Southwest either. and in Mexico and all these areas, they use cactus needles. Oh, I yeah. didn't even think about that. That's cool. That is really cool. <laughs> like yeah, mind blown. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes what we know and what we've learned and our Western minds and culture is not always the best for what's needed. And we have to be allow ourselves to think outside the box and 
that's not really that outside the box. It's been big, happening for longer than we've been around. So I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah, it is cool. Okay. Well, I have one final question for you. What is the one thing you used to apologize for in the past that you are unlikely to apologize for now? I am learning. That's a great question. I am learning to say no. That's a good one. And I'm yeah. learning not to apologize for it. Oh, I love That's it. A good one. Love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. This was, this was awesome. I have so many more questions and I probably would just talk your ear off for the rest of the night if I could, but I want to be mindful of your time. If anybody wants to um, contact you or become a patient, see you uh, in practice, or if you have any links or Instagrams, anything here, please plug yourself. Uh, where can people find you? So our practice is westholisticmedicine.com. West as in Northeast, Southwest. Um, holistic with an H, not a WH. Some people get that uh, mixed up. And then you can find us online on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, I don't tweet. That's beyond my. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I, I'm not, and very, don't do videos like YouTube and all that, but I eventually I want to. But um, yeah, I think. And then I do have my own personal website, which. I don't really do much with anymore, but Ashley Maltz MD and.com. And that's who I am on Instagram as well. My, my, like, I don't know. It's sort of business, sort of regular. It's a hybrid. We get it. So. It's a lot to try to keep all these like social networks up to date with whatever content we're supposed to be like driving people to. Right. 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 <laughs> I'm not into the drive. Like I just, I don't know. Just show up. <laughs> I love that. I, love I know that. I do too. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be here with us. We really, really appreciate it. You're so welcome. I hope you have a wonderful day. It's beautiful outside. It is. Gorgeous it is. Out. I know. I was thinking I needed to go for a walk. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll go for it. All right. Well, thanks again, Ashley. I hope you have a great night. You too. Take care. Bye.